Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Australian politicians are being threatened with violence in volumes never seen before. Last year, the Australian Federal Police received more than 500 reports of threats to MPs, a number that's tripled in three years. Today, an expert in extremism looks at the role COVID's had to play, and we speak to an MP about her experience. Hi, I'm Anne Webster, the federal member for Mali. And I want to talk to you about this really concerning uptick in threats and harassment against MPs. And I want to talk about your own experience because you've been through this. Just tell me what happened to you. Uh, Well, about six months or so after I was elected, my staff alerted me to the fact that somebody was on Facebook fundamentally defaming me, my charity, my husband who is a GP. Every present and past politician has covered up for this pedophile network of filth for decades. We took it to court. We took the person to court. Uh, Obviously, I've never met her. Uh, She was part of a conspiracy group. I don't know what the name of it was. Mm. She'd linked us to pedophile rings and I'd set up a a charity which continues for young mothers in my region uh, supporting young women and she, she had stated that I'd set that up uh, with my husband and the charity itself uh, for the purpose of uh, gaining children for a pedophile ring. I mean, it's obnoxious, absolutely appalling. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about it. No, I bet. I mean, it's, it's just horrible. But also I would have thought it would have been quite scary. I can remember at the time being very concerned um, that one of her posts had been shared by a a local, Mm. because you don't know when you're walking down the street whether somebody is going to believe the awful lies that have been stated and confront you. You know, I I could be or my husband could be or the charity could be or worse, what totally distressed me was that the young mothers themselves could be targeted by complete lunatics and um, that was... You know, it's incredibly confronting. I know my husband at the time put up uh, cameras, security cameras around our home. I think that goes to show the level of um, confrontation and concern that we experienced as a family. And we know, don't we, just how badly these things can go because we've seen it Mm. in the UK with Joe Cox and then more recently with the MP David Amos. Please, emergency. Please, please, quick now. The man is wielding a knife and he's threatening me. He's saying he's killed. He's killed David Amos at Belfast Methodist Church. No, I don't... Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? The, the, The nice man. All right, don't talk to him. Just leave him. When you learnt of his death, how did you feel? To uh, have events like that take place where people have been uh, killed is appalling. Uh, Call it 
naive, but I'd like to think that most people are actually quite reasonable. But the conspiracy groups themselves are, are really are not connected to planet Earth in, in my view. And um, having been confronted by some at a local level uh, at events where you know, a gang of five will confront me, ask, demand answers to things, but not want to hear any answers, and basically stare aggressively, behave aggressively. And, you know, we've had to call the police on a couple of occasions. So, yeah, look, you just don't know. I'm Dr. Kaz Ross and I do research into the far right and conspiracies. Mm, Kaz, we've been speaking with Anne Webster, who's an MP and she's suffered some pretty horrible harassment. Pretty shocking, actually, and quite scary. How common is this becoming that MPs are being targeted in this way? Unfortunately, it's becoming more common. So mm. before the pandemic, there were a small group of people, such as the ones that were harassing Anne Webster, who were pretty committed to harassment and they've been doing it for years and picking different targets. But during the pandemic, that kind of mode of operating really spread much more widely where people feel that local governments um, or their local um, elected politician is illegitimate and therefore they're a perfectly valid target for harassment. I know about your Freemason Demorlay network of filth. Governor, I have lost... So this idea of harassing politicians I think has really gathered steam over the last couple of years. I can see that um, the reports are that the numbers have tripled in the past three years, so it's a really big spike. So, Kaz, who is behind this? Is it far-right groups or is it something else? Yeah, often you see it reported as far-right groups, but in actual fact, most of the far-right groups that I know are not particularly interested in politicians. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not particularly invested in maintaining the current political and legal state. So they're more interested in setting up their own communities and their own alternatives. So this particular group, I think, that are these groups that are behind this rise in harassment are people that have drifted into what we might call the sovereign citizen movement or other people call them pseudo-legal adherents. So there's people who think that there's a problem with the interpretation of the law that we have. And so sometimes they're just normal everyday mums and dads and concerned people. In terms of are there groups behind it, particularly the people responsible for the harassment of Ms Webster, they have been instrumental in spreading this mode of operating. Governor General David Hurley, my name is Jennifer. Um, they have been the ones that have basically got the freedom movement to stand outside the Governor-General's residences in places like Canberra and uh, Perth and yell at them every single day about satanic ritual abuse and the need to call new elections and the need to name pedophiles in government and this kind of thing. To dissolve the federal parliament and issue the writs for a fresh election immediately. It's unacceptable that they have not faced and so, yeah, it's, it's really spread widely. I don't think there's any um, particular call to harass 
politicians or police or officials per se. It just comes out of their thinking that governments are illegal, that the authority isn't, doesn't have authority, that you can create your own set of laws and therefore stand up to any authority. Mm. And we've seen it in the freedom movement, the so-called freedom movement over the last two years, that public calls for violence have really escalated and been quite acceptable within that movement. Get your boots on, you get down there, you surround your governor and you get the documents that you paid for. Gosh, yes, it's pretty extreme, isn't it? And we, we sort of spoke to Anne about, you know, what we've seen out of the UK. And of course, we have seen MPs murdered in the in the UK. Could it be that harmful? I mean, is it that dangerous what we're seeing here in Australia? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Mm. Somewhere like Victoria during the pandemic and the various, you know, lockdowns that happened, there were people who were out for Dan Andrews. There is no doubt in my mind mm. if those people had had access to Dan Andrews, they would have tried something. Mm. And the concern is that there's a real easy, slippery slope from, gee, I don't want to pay this COVID fine or why should I have to pay for my car registration or hang on a minute, the whole government's illegitimate. Okay, I'm going to join this group. We're going to wear sheriff badges and we're going to issue arrest warrants. Mm. Oh, okay, these people didn't get arrested. We need to physically go and catch them. And you can see how it just escalates from one thing to the next. And there are people running around Australia with sheriff badges on issuing warrants for arresting people and they're not police. They're just pretending to be police. It's really extreme. So it's obviously partly due to COVID. Is it getting more prolific? Yeah, it definitely is, in my opinion. So there have always been these groups, uh, common law groups, they call themselves, and sometimes they've even had people elected to parliament. For example, Rod Cullerton in Western Australia is actually a common law adherent. He never believed in the sovereignty of the Parliament House. He always made his allegiance to old Parliament House, which has a symbolic status for them. But I think what's happened during the pandemic is that people who were just questioning, is it okay to be in a lockdown? Why does the government have this authority over me? Have been introduced to a whole conspiracist way of thinking which is there's a whole illegal system going on. Uh, We shouldn't have to uh, follow any of these laws. And that carries on into a kind of um, anti-authoritarian stance. But there's also an element in this community that are fiercely anti-authority, very pro-gun, and they believe things like the Port Arthur massacre in Tasmania was a false flag, it was done by the government, that things like bushfires are caused by the government to get people to move off their land and to move into cities so they can be under greater surveillance. And those sort of people that may be more extreme, that do have weapons, that do believe that they need to take a stand against authority, they are a danger because they may end up in a shootout situation And certainly in America, they are the sorts of people that cause uh, bombings and shootings and particularly sieges with police. Mm, I was going to say, it sounds like something you'd find in America, not here. So do you think, Kaz, that we're actually taking this seriously enough or should we be doing more? I'm really pleased to see from my encounters with the various counter-extremism police and forces across Australia, the ones that I've had um, engagement with, that sovereign citizens have really raised up high on their list. Mm. This is certainly not the case, I would say, maybe three years ago. I would be talking to security people about sovereign 
common citizens and they wouldn't even know what they were. And it is no doubt in my mind that police are saying, well, these people can be individuals, loners, terribly anti-authority, pro-weapons, you know, and, and tied into a conspiracist worldview, which takes things like the January 6 insurrection in America as something to aim for. So there's no doubt in my mind that the security forces are now well aware of the danger of these people. And partly it's because they're not in strictly hierarchical organised organisations. So they value being individuals and taking individual action. And that also makes them more unpredictable. Dr Kaz Ross is an independent researcher into far-right extremism and conspiracy theories. Anne Webster is a Federal Nationals MP from Victoria. In 2022, for the first time, the AFP established a dedicated task force to help protect MPs and candidates. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Pete. I'm Sam Hawley. If you'd like to get in touch with the team, email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.